0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast
1: Center, Reed Wilkins. Reed Wilkins, on Oilers on Radio, on Oilers. 630 Chat. Stood up there by McDavid and Maroon, and now Everly breaks free. Drop pass, McDavid to the net. Reed shot, score, And that'll put it away with his 19th goal of the season. That was the exclamation
2: point late in the third period on a 6-3 Oilers victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Connor McDavid leads the way with a goal and two assists. Sidney Crosby, also with a big night, he got career point number 1,000, briefly was ahead of Connor McDavid in the scoring race, McDavid is able to retake it. Thanks for tuning in tonight, it's ten fifteen. along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, the Oilers do fill the net, six goals, that means a $150 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, it goes to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Booster Juice gives 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season, and the total now up to $4,175. And all of a sudden, Rob, a few days ago, we were talking about the Oilers' lack of scoring. Now they uh, come alive for 11 goals over their
3: last two games. Well, it's one of the things that we try to stress after the games is don't get too high when things go well. Don't get too low when they don't. Because in the course of the season, it all seems to even out. The Oilers had that great stretch where they against Anaheim, Calgary, and Calgary where everything was going in the net. Then they have the the... the the lull where it, all of a sudden everyone seemed to be snake bitten, and here we are going again in the other direction. Uh, the, the Oilers are getting depth scoring. The problem that a lot of people uh, have talked about in a lot of the phone calls, the depth scoring wasn't coming from certain players. The Nugent Hopkins, the Everly, Lucic, Pouliot. But another, other players have stepped up, and we saw that again tonight with the fourth line. This is back-to-back games, the fourth line has scored. Hendricks, uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It probably shouldn't have gone in, but he scores. And then Hendricks also creates the cleft bomb goal, a nice play to McDavid, which eventually ended up on cleft bomb stick. So the Oilers are getting some depth scoring, and tonight was a huge game for two players who have been much maligned on the show and in the papers, both Nugent Hopkins and Everly both having goal and an assist, both factoring big time in the offensive part of the game. And hopefully, with them feeling good about themselves, and we talk about our offensive players, when they feel good about themselves, when they gain confidence, all of a sudden their game starts to explode. Hopefully those two will explode on this next coming road trip. Yeah,
2: Eberle had gone uh, eight games without a point. Nugent Hopkins had gone seven games without a point. So they're both able to break through. Tonight,
3: Packer Pakarinen has played just two games this season. He has an assist in both. He's on pace for an 82-point ga- season. That's pretty good. He might want to get his agent on the line. <laughs> but you know what? An effective two games he's played as well. You know, he's a fourth line guy that's just going to play the certain type of minutes that he does. But when he is out there, you notice him. Whether it's finishing a check, driving the net, getting the pucks in deep, those are the things that he has to do, and he has been good. As
2: is often the case in a game that's a three goal difference going to the third period, the losing team winds up out shooting the winning team. 36 25, the Flyers outshoot Edmonton, largely because the shots were 16 7 Philly in the third. Cam Talbot again I mean three goals against okay fine but uh, I mean the saves were there when they needed to be made the, uh, you know the Oilers I thought Rob it got out of the first period with a 2-0 lead even though it wasn't the the most responsible period that we've seen them play there were some gaffes and some turnovers and then don't forget when it was 2-1 Philadelphia 13.45 to go in the second period. Voracek, one of the best players on the Flyers, gets a breakaway. Yep. Talbot makes the save, and a minute three later, the Everly goal makes it 3-1. Well,
3: the, to me, that's that was the game. The Philadelphia Flyers, and we've, we've talked about it a lot, when you're playing the second of back-to-back, there's a fatigue factor, but the fatigue doesn't set in if it is a close game, if you're hanging around, if you've got a lead. The Philadelphia Flyers have a breakaway. Their best offensive player with the puck on his stick. Talbot makes the save. Not only did the Oilers score right away, they scored two goals right away because Eberle scored, and I believe right after it, they scored their second goal to make it 4-1. So instead of being 2-2 within two and a half minutes, it's now 4-1. Huge save by Cam Talbot, and we've seen this over and over and over again. He makes big saves when he has to. He looks calm and collected in there. He's never diving and trying to get back into position. He gives confidence to the players playing in front of him.
2: Yeah, well, you make a great point about, and I know you've told the Tom Barrasso story a lot where he says, you know, if I have to dive across the net to make a save, I've screwed up because I've misread the play or I've gotten out of position. Having said that, every goal sometimes has to do it. But I mean, you could watch a whole game of Talbot just stopping pucks, mm-hmm. and then you know tell somebody from a TV station, "Okay, pick Talbot's two biggest saves," and you might be, like, and that person might be like, "Well, I'm not sure because he just he just blocks the puck, or he just swallows up the puck, just very solid and
3: in control." And, and what might allow him to be a guy that plays as many games as he's playing right now is the fact that he doesn't waste energy in a hockey game. And we've seen a number of goalies throughout the league, number of goalies that have come through Edmonton, where at the end of the night they're absolutely bagged because they're all over the place, and it's every save is like a five alarm. I mean, they're oh my god, I got to dive this way, then I got to get back up, dive the other. He is so good positionally that you never ever see him having to to make that lunge all the way from one side to the other, because he's already, and this is what we've heard Jonathan Quick talk about, when I make that save where I get into the right position, it's not me guessing. I knew the puck was going there because I'm a student of the game. I know I read the play. I see where the best option is. I know where he's going to go with the puck. And Cam Talbot is very good at anticipating and getting in the right spot.
2: Oilers win 6-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll start off the phone calls with Cam tonight. Hello, Cam. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Man, this
4: team is exciting, you know. I I think we need grit on the back end. That was just my first question. I had a couple comments. Do you guys think we're gritty enough? Like, I know you guys like our back end. I like it too, but could we get grittier back there, just a little bit grittier?
3: I mean, any team, you look around the National Hockey League, you'd love to say, God, I'd love to have a big, grittier defenseman. Every team would say or a big, grittier winger or a big, stronger sentiment. The Oilers are in 10th in the National Hockey League. Their defense is the biggest reason. Defense and goaltending is the biggest reason they are where they are. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't change a thing with their defense. And I agreed. Bob and Jack talked about it. I think Jack's the one that came out and said, if you were at the trade deadline, you do not really need to tinker with this defense because there's about nine guys, possibly ten with Fane, that you can throw in there and feel very confident in them getting right. the job done. So I wouldn't do anything with the defense. And they'll be grittier when Nurse is
2: healthy.
4: So in a dream world, it would be nice, but we have to be realistic. I agree with that. That's a good point. It's awesome. So, let's get to the toughness here. We're going through, like, on Twitter, and we we got to get you. In, I'm I'm just having fun with you. Be nice to get some nibbles back from you once in a while. You you just kind of keep her calm on Twitter, eh? Well, Rob's are you talking, Rob's not on. No, but you, you, you're. Uh, you, I love your site for sure. It's great. I, I follow you, but um. We try to get you engaged once in a while, but I guess you're pretty focused and pretty busy. So, Well,
2: I'm, I'm pretty quiet, and I'm fairly factual on Twitter most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's just simpler okay. that way. <laughs>
4: but talking, talking to lots of people on Twitter, like, there's such an awesome Oilers um, fan base and stuff. So, like, we all talk during the games. And some of, a few of the guys we're going through tonight, and well, actually some of the girls, too, and, and listing the number of guys who can get things done physically... And we're not just talking about, like, heavyweights. We're talking midweights. We're talking, talking about... And then you start looking at guys like Slepashev that threw some big hits. Maroon can throw big hits. Luchas can devastate guys with hits. Then you look at a guy like Drysidel, even McDavid. Like I mean, we're so strong physically that we can bring it. My final comment is, I think this is very similar. We talked about three or four weeks ago when I said you could see Nugent Hopkins and Eberly being more confident because because of the fact that there was more room and the other team was not pushing hard I, I don't know you guys can I'll leave you with this and Rob you can decipher this because you know the game better than anybody I know I think Philadelphia was physically terrified to be on the ice tonight I think I, I, maybe it was just they didn't want to whip up the hornet's nest but I just got the sense that that team did not even want to be in the building I don't blame them the way these guys are playing right now, I don't blame them. So that's my final comment. I'd be interested in hearing, Rob, did you see signs of Philadelphia just being completely passive and uh, completely soft tonight? So thank
5: you.
3: Um, I, I know that there's been games that we've watched the Oilers play this year, and there was a one against Anaheim when we talked about after the end of the game where the Oilers pushed the Ducks around, and that's something that we had never said here in, in a decade. The Oilers are physical, and you talked about the certain players. Slepeshev does throw his his weight around. you got the usual guys, the Maroons, the Cassians. Uh, Hendricks had one shift where he just destroyed two guys. But you also look at a guy like Kajula, who he knocked someone out of the game last game, which knocked Stone out of the game for a while with a big hit. He's small, but he's got battle in him. So the Oilers can play a physical game, and they're going to have to, because if you're coming out of the Pacific Division, you're going through Anaheim and San Jose. Two big physical teams that in the, the past have always... Uh, push the Oilers around and the Oilers now are built better for that as for whether the the Flyers were intimidated by that I don't know, I just don't think the Flyers are very good, I I don't I think they've got one line that is good and on that line tonight, Giroud I thought was invisible, I didn't notice him Uh, Voracek's playing by himself on the second line and then after that, I mean, that Couturier, who a couple of years ago when they played the Penguins in the playoffs, you thought this kid's going to be a player. How he went right at uh, Melkin, how he went right at Crosby. He was terrible tonight. So they got oh, a couple good forwards. They got the defense. The Ghost is, is a good defenseman. Outside of that, that is oh, not Proveroff's a Oh, Proveroff's pretty good. Oh, he's good. Sorry, a young kid that's going to be a very good player for a long time here. Outside of that, they're not good in the back end, and their goaltending's awful. So it is. it's not a good team. So I don't know if they were intimidated, but they were not in the game. When the, when the Oilers pushed, the Philadelphia Flyers had no match to it because they're not in the same league, I don't think, as the Edmonton Oilers,
2: six-three. The Oilers win it tonight. Connor McDavid with three points downstairs to hear from him, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices.
6: Well, Connor, lots was made of the whole Manny and uh, think in the lead up to the game, but nice to be able to stick to the script, the script, and uh, pick up the two points.
7: No, it's good two points for us. Um, you know, big, big points. Uh, they were big for both teams, and you know, we found a way to, to get two, and um, that helps a lot. What did you think of? Own fight yeah, Patty. Patty, uh, you know, did a great job. It was a big fight. A uh, couple of big boys going at it. So, um, you know, for, credit to both guys. But, hope uh, you know, definitely did a good job. Did you know that
8: Cosby
7: had passed you on the scoring lead early tonight? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw that uh, he, he had his a thousand point early on, and um, you know, that's obviously uh, you know pretty cool for him. Nice to get that chemistry back with that. Brilliant, you guys had uh, earlier in the season. Yeah, definitely nice to to you know hook up with EBS a, a few times uh, on goals and um, you know, definitely uh, nice to have him back.
8: Thanks. Read that's Connor McDavid.
2: All right, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers' room tonight. McDavid with 66 points, Crosby with 64. Both of them excellent tonight as their teams both win. The Penguins beat the uh, Jets 4-3 in overtime off the Advantage trailer rental scoreboard. McDavid, the first star tonight. Hendricks with two points, the second star. Griba, the third star. He got an assist tonight. Fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I mean, you can almost just pull a name out of the hat for you the can. Oilers
3: tonight. To me, though, I wanna, there's been two guys that have been linked together all season long as they've struggled this year. That's Nugent Hopkins and Eberle. I thought tonight they were both excellent. So I'm going to give them stars 4A and 4B. I thought they, they, they picked their games up, and that's what the others desperately need as they go on the road here.
2: And uh, for all, all, uh, you, you already did a little bit, but I thought I, Slepshoff didn't get a point. He's, he's coming around. You start to see more composure from him, and, and I think the experience of playing in the in the league is starting to pay off. Uh, 14 minutes for Slepishov tonight. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Colin on the phone line. Hello, Colin. Hello. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, this will be Colin. How are you guys
9: doing? Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Uh, well, several on the agenda, but uh, we can only do one at a time. Netminding. Thank goodness. You know exactly what I'm getting at. And I went to the Arizona game. Uh, I believe it was February 2nd. Is that correct?
2: Uh, well, they just played Arizona two days ago.
9: No, it was, uh, yeah, but I meant like February 2nd.
2: Oh, okay, in, uh, in Arizona? No, here in Edmonton. Okay, I think it was before that, but anyway. Was t- the
3: Nashville game was February 2nd.
9: Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) I'm off a day, I guess. Uh, I love the new arena. I really do. But it feels like we're so distant from the players and everyone else around. We tried getting the wave going, and no one wanted to participate. We beat them three to one. I won uh, tickets. I had third row. And it just seems like an open area. I missed the... Tight compact of Northlands Coliseum. Is this a normal feeling for all these new buildings, or am I just out to lunch? Well, I I don't travel so wide open.
2: I I mean, I've only been in uh, what Montreal, which is a massive building. I've been to Drafts in Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Sunrise. And trust me, I don't ever need to go to the building in Sunrise again because it's just. But I, but I'm not sitting in the stands. But I mean. yeah i mean this this is a this is a brand new building it's state of the art in a lot of ways uh i haven't sat in the crowd for a game so i don't really know i don't really really, really know what to tell you it was it seemed pretty exciting in here tonight well he's gone i guess okay <laughs> and i i well i i honestly don't know how to answer that because i f- i feel like i i don't have the fan experience so for me to really comment on what a fan felt and tell him or her he's he's right. I mean, if that's their impression, that's their impression. Well, I, mean, I can't
3: argue with how they feel. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, we're, we're eight stories up. We see it from a different vantage point. I, all I get it from is from my buddies and from my son. My son's been to a number of games and loves the rink, loves the seats, enjoys himself when he comes here. But that's, I'm getting that second hand from a 15-year-old that just enjoys coming to hockey games. Yeah,
2: So, but uh, it was a, it was pretty loud tonight, especially as the Oilers put six on the board. You're going to hear from Patrick Maroon, who got in that fight tonight. We'll have post-game reaction from the Flyers as well. Oilers win it 6-3. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center.
0: This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
1: Now Maroon and M- Manning wrestles one more time, and Maroon pancakes him. Big win for Patrick Maroon.
2: Maroon versus Manning in the second period. Of course, Brandon Manning wearing the black hat coming into this game because of his feud with Connor McDavid. McDavid with three points. Oilers win at 6-3. Here's Manning, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. How tough was it to be Brandon Manning in this building tonight knowing probably what was coming all day.
7: Um, didn't bother me. I mean, went through the first period; it was fine. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm not scared of fighting. It was just a matter of time. Um, Pick my spot. So, um, you know, I wasn't really too worried or thinking about that too much today.
10: It seemed from upstairs that you probably didn't want to fight him right away because you'd be playing into the their game, and eventually, you just have to at some point.
7: Yeah, I think so. Is
11: that how that works?
7: Uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to go on their terms. I mean, um, that's just not what I'm going to go out and do. I'm going to go out and play hockey. Um, you know I've been playing well I feel good so to go out and fight just for the sake of fighting isn't isn't what I'm about so we're down 4-1 there was an opportunity there and um, Maroon is willing so I take it. So it's about a year and a half long type of grudge. Do you feel that that's it's over now? It should be over and there's finality to it. Let's hope so. <laughs> I'd, l- I'd love that. Um, no, I mean Connor didn't say a word on the ice today. I think even their guys, you know, Patrick said good job after. I think, um, you know, we do the same thing if one of our superstars got hurt. So, you know, I understand it. I mean, just the chirping and non-stop stuff kind of gets a little annoying. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we see these guys twice a year, so we'll focus on the playoff push now and um, try and get back on track in Vancouver.
12: What's the you were expected and something that you were prepared
7: for tonight uh, a little bit yeah i i thought the fans would be a little worse and a little harder on me but i mean that's sports and that's hockey and um you kind of take it in stride and try and enjoy it as much as you can
10: who'd you have here for family
7: uh, my parents are here my sister i got a few buddies in town and cousins and aunts so um pretty close to home so it's a nice road trip for me
10: does that make it any different when you're playing that game and doing dealing with this stress knowing that all those eyes are up there too
7: no, I don't think so. I think, you know, I appreciate afterwards when you get to see them and hang out with them and, um, you know, enjoy that kind of part of it. But once you're on the ice, hockey's hockey, and um, I think that's the way it should be, and, you know, I think it'll stay like that now. Did
9: the uh, casting jab you with a stick from the bench? Did no. Did you your skinny mic? No. Did anybody take a shot at
7: you? No. There was a few words exchanged, but no one threw their stick out or anything, no.
9: It looked like Maroon said something to you in warm-ups. Uh, is that true or not?
7: Yeah, I kind of came near the real... Red line and said a few words, but um, you know I kind of expected that, and you know that's the way it is. I know I fought him last year, so um, it was the only a matter of time, I think, tonight.
11: You guys weren't teammates, were
7: you? No. Fans?
2: All right, that is uh, Brandon Manning from the Philadelphia Flyers. He he uh, seems pretty uh, pretty cool with everything that that uh, the, the, that happened. I'm sure he'll be booed in Edmonton for the rest of his career. Fans here have long memories and uh, and know who is on the ice and and how they want to treat them, but. Uh, i mean i don't I don't know i mean it, it's dealt with it he went he went with maroon and I think from uh from his comments there he un- he understood everything that that is needed to happen if you want to put
3: it that way yeah, I mean I think more was made of it in the press than really was uh needed uh did he I, there was no way he intended to hurt Connor McDavid last year. he may have said something to that to that tune when they played each other which would be a little classless if you say someone someone got injured, but there's no way he intentionally hurt someone. I mean, he's not a good enough player to be able to make that decision with Connors coming that fast And I don't know if any player can make that decision. So uh, the, the, the fight happened. Uh, the Oilers didn't worry too much about it the entire night. Uh, they did what they needed to do, was that was get two points here on Ole Mice before a tough road trip starts. So uh, it was a good game the the fight happened it's done with and uh, now going forward we probably don't have to listen to two or three days of media going at what's Connor gonna do this day with against Manning and who's gonna step up. Simply let Connor be Connor which is being the best player on the ice each and every night.
2: Alright the goal scorers tonight for the Oilers Hendricks Eberly Nugent Hopkins Clefbaum McDavid and Dreisaitl as they win 6-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Tony on the line. Hello, Tony.
13: Hello. I just want to ask you a quick question here. So based on how we are doing right now, how many games or how many points estimate do we need to win before we clinch a playoff spot for the first time?
2: Well, I mean, you're looking at probably at least 24 to 28 well, I mean, 24 points get you to ninety-four. Okay. Uh, I mean, they, they have a ten-point cushion on the Kings right now. I mean, here's here's the thing with with the the playoff structure and and clinching. Sometimes, even really good teams don't actually totally clinch a playoff spot till there's five, six, seven games left in the season. They might have a lead and it might be inevitable, but for it to mathematically be clinched. Uh, can take a while. I I think the way things are going... Sorry, Rob, I know I'm talking a lot here. I mean, L.A. is at 60 with 27 games left, so they have 54 available points. So they can get
3: a, a hundred and right. So say they got. So points. say they got thirty four. See, that's why you can't really guess because yeah. you don't know. I,
2: I think if the Oilers get to ninety five or more, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah,
13: and the, the way. So do you th- do you guys think we'll make it this year at all, or do you think it's well, still... It Tony, be,
2: Tony, what do you think? Come it, on, it'd be
13: a close. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm if honestly hoping. I haven't seen it since two thousand six.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, they're ten points ahead of of the playoff cut line.
3: They're yeah. twelve. They're twelve games over five hundred. So it, just put it this way: If what do the others have right now? Twenty four games left. If they were to go five hundred the rest of the season, which is not a good run for them, that's twenty four more points. That gives them that gives them ninety four points. The L.A. Kings would need thirty four points. They would have to go what seventeen and well, they got seventeen and eight the remainder of the year. They'd have to go seventeen and ten. Seventeen and ten. So seventeen and ten. So they, if the others just go five hundred then the uh, L.A. Kings would have to be seven games over 500 just to tie them. So that's how it works. So it, it's, hard to, it's hard to put a number on it. I mean, the Oilers could have seven games left and be 13 points up. And you wouldn't and be clinched. You wouldn't be clinched because the L.A. could go 7-0 and the Oilers could go 0-7. So if the Oilers do not make the playoffs where they sitting where they are right now in the standings, it would be a colossal fa- failure Yes, because they are positioned very well right now and it would be a shock if they weren't playing into April. So, uh, oh, sorry, Tony, go ahead.
2: Basically, like we'd be clinching last game of the season, possibly. Oh,
3: Possibly, we sure. Could, we could clinch sometime in March. We could clinch at the end of the season. It's it's hard to say. It all depends. There's 26, 27 games left for some of these teams. It's hard to say what they're going to do in those 27 games.
2: All right, that was Tony, 780 Scott, you're going to be up next, but we're going to go back downstairs. Patrick Maroon is standing by, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices.
10: And then you start making plays that you shouldn't be making, and sometimes you get away from your game. So I thought the third period, they came out. Obviously, we knew they were going to come out like that. So I thought it was a pretty good game.
4: Twelve, uh, twelve different players hit the score sheet tonight. So talking about
10: the balance that
4: you guys have been looking for in the
10: yeah it's good you know our fourth line's been one of our best lines and it's it's good that they're getting rewarded right now and you know what as cliche as it sounds but down the playoffs our fourth line is probably going to be it's going to be our most important line i think and those are the guys that chip in and get the big goals and they grind it down low and it starts with them and i thought we followed them i thought Andy Testy and pack had a really strong game again tonight and, and everyone followed I mean, their lead yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Early in the first period. yeah early then I just dropped it you know it's one of those things I don't, i't it's over it's done with now he he's he plays the game really strong and he plays the game hard and um, you know we had her we had our fight and it's over it's done with the you know it was a good fight and and uh obviously uh we're gonna drop it now for hero now. So <laughs> that's it. You figured though you had to do something. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Listen. You know what? Like I said before, I'm a guy that's gonna stick up for my teammates, but I'm gonna do it the right way. I'm not gonna go out there and cheap shot sh- someone or go out there and you know jump a guy. You know, if he he knew, he asked me to go, and I said, yeah, I'll go. You and that was it. You know, he, listen. He plays the game hard. You gotta tip tip his ca- your cap sometimes. You know. Some words were exchanged, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you hear those things and you want to stick up for your teammates, and especially your captain. And, you know, if it wasn't me, I'm sure it would have been someone else. So, you know, it's over, it's done with, and it was a good fight, and I think that was it. No one wanted to do anything dirty. No one wanted to talk. We just, I think people just wanted to get it over with.
5: It sounds like you have a level of respect for him as well. Though.
10: Yeah, I do. For going. Yeah, for going, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's hard, you know. You do something like, you do something... Uh, you know and you don't there's going to be guys you know talking and, and he knew and you know it's it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough job you know fighting's not easy and especially when you know going into a game you know you're you're kind of biting at the bit that you might have to you might not so you know sometimes you know uh, you know i respect him you know it's over you know connor's a really good kid uh i think he knows it's over now and you know, everyone's going to move forward and move forward from this, and and that's it. You know, uh, everyone. Both teams played really strong. Great, thanks,
8: Patrick. Read that, Patty Maroon.
2: All right, thanks, Brendan Patrick Maroon. Another effective game for him. He has enjoyed playing with uh, Connor McDavid. He gets two assists tonight. Gets in a fight. The Oilers win six three over the Flyers. Just uh, quickly did the math here. The Oilers, if they play at the same points percentage they've been at so far over their last 24 games, they'll finish with 98 or 99 points, and they'd be in the playoffs if, if that happened, if they if they keep going at that pace. All right, Scott, Jim, and Dave up next on the phone line. You'll hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan as well. A 6-3 Oilers victory. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. <laughs>
0: Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers
1: Radio. 630 Chad. Set up by Cajula, now a point shot. Grab deflected home. Nugent Hopkins had the screen in front. And Edmonton builds a 4-1 lead. All right, Nugent Hopkins gets credit
2: for that one, went off him in front just a minute 15 after Jordan Eberle had made it 3-1. The Oilers took control of the game there, didn't look back, beating the Philadelphia Flyers 6-3. I encourage you to go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. We turn on the Japanese Village goal light whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, and they do it 2-2 games they go two and one on their three-game homestand six-game road trip starts saturday in chicago along with rob brown i'm reed wilkins it's 10:50. thanks for tuning in 780-496-0063 is the open line number and here is scott scott thank you for calling whoa
13: whoa 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 are we using the square word of playoffs in this city right now I, I, I think that's what I've heard a couple of times. I'm all for. I mean, I'm, I'm in the season ticket holder pack, and there was a guy in our pack who said, hold on, should we start talking about playoffs? And I immediately shut it down. Right away, I was like, nope, we're not We're not talking about this. We will talk to you in March. And March is coming, which is which is a great thing. But comment on the other caller who kind of talked about how the building is a little quiet, and, and you guys can I can't really comment towards that but to be honest it's going to take a playoff run or a playoff game to get that building and it could happen this year Uh, there is still a lot of hockey to play and a lot of teams have blown uh, wins like this and they still have three games left against Los Angeles and Los Angeles wins all three of those in regulation which isn't outside of this world we, we're now talking about a different story.
3: You know what? L.A. could catch the Oilers, and that still doesn't mean they're not making the playoffs. Absolutely. So.
13: so, 100%. I 100% agree. But when you start blowing games, you know, against L.A., you know, and then how many do they have against San Jose? Do they have two? Yes. Okay. So, there's two against San Jose.
2: There's
3: two. They there's... play
13: pretty good against them, and, yes. and the big ones are Anaheim. Right, and there are still games against them as
3: well. Yeah, sure, but all the other teams thousand. that are the all the other teams in the Western Conference are still playing all these same teams as well. Absolutely, and, and exactly. the others have got a ten-point lead on all the other teams. And
2: they play exactly. Colorado twice, and they play Vancouver three times.
13: Yeah, and we hope Colorado. Those are free spots on the bingo board. We we were the free spot on the bingo board at one point in time. It's their turn to be free spot on the bingo board. So you know, and I get that. Those those just, those wins should just. Down, down. So I mean, you're right. If they play with the same percentage they're in the playoffs. I just <laughs> it's so surreal to me that after, you know, nine years or ten years of, of dealing with, with absolute misery that we're actually talking about playoffs in February. So I'm a happy Oilers fan tonight. Here we go.
2: All right. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the phone number. We have Jim up next on the line. Hey Jim, thanks for calling. How's it going? Good.
6: I'd just like to give the uh, Oilers organization kudos uh, for giving the fans uh, something to believe in that they haven't had for 10 years.
2: Yeah, you're enjoying the season, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you Most think is definitely. the biggest reason for the turnaround, Jim?
6: I I think uh, the the players are buying into what Mr. Chiarelli and... and uh, um, Mr. McLean, or our, sorry, our coach. Um, I think they're buying into what they're, you know, they're saying, and say, look, guys, you know, let's just take this one game at a time, and we're going to come out on top. And look what's happening.
3: No, I agree. I think that the the Oilers put a plan in place. Their GM came in. We have a plan. This is the type of team we want to build. The coach came on, he said, all right, this is what has failed in the past with the way this team played, so we're going to put a plan in place how this team is going to play. And then the players decided, well, you know what, we got to, we got to start taking ownership on what has happened in the past. They brought in a bunch of character-type players, and they changed the culture in the dressing room. So it started with the GM, it went through the coach, and the players are buying in. And now this is, a, I mean, I don't think it's any aberration where the Oilers are in the standings. I think they were ex- exactly where they belong. They're a team that, uh, outside of maybe two or three games this year where they laid an egg, for the most part, have been pretty consistent. They don't normally blow teams out, but they're never, ever out of a hockey game. And if you are close, if your goaltender gives you a chance and you've got Connor McDavid on your team, and now a lot more to if you've got Leon Draisaitl on your team, you always have a chance. And Cam Talmler has given them the opportunities and their top two Point getters have given the off, given them the offense they've needed.
2: All right, Jim, you're going to finish the play. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to JetSet We Park. Brought to you by JetSet Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. If you're correct here, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for a thousand dollars to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Let's see what Kellen Kennedy has cooked up tonight.
1: Neutral zone faceoff. Philadelphia with a flub by Belmar leading to a rush for Dreisaitl. Down the left side. Wrist shot. Okay. Uh, second period, I believe, Rob. Uh,
2: chance for Dreisaitl. Wrist shot. I think he scores. Mm, no. No. Oh, well. I tried. Vote again. Vote Neutral. Again.
1: What's final Neutral vote? zone faceoff. Philadelphia with a flub by Belmar leading to a rush for dry saddle Down the left side. Rich shot off the post, and somehow it stayed out. I
2: heard him say no. I thought at he some did. point It so sounded I, like he said no I, to me. I think he's in the grand prize draw.
3: And just going a little bit further on what we've been talking about the playoff push the LA Kings down 3 1. Midway through the third period, to the Arizona Coyotes. So
2: there you go. That that'll help out a little bit. You know, Rob, we got a break for the eleven o'clock news here in a minute. Dave, you are going to be up next on the phone lines, and we still have Coach Todd McClellan coming up. I, I understand. Uh, I, I understand why fans are are being cautious about it, and and, and Rob, I, I I hope you and I don't sound like we're being cocky or overly optimistic. It, it just comes down to mathematics, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it comes down to. The, I, I, just how the team has played. Yeah. I, I mean, the the, the long the, the the dry patches haven't lasted as long as the good runs. I I, I have been saying all along that February could be a tough month. Mm-hmm. They they may wind up going five hundred or even a little bit under in the month of February. They're three and three right now with six games left on the road. But then they have a bunch of home games in March. I, so
3: To me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, start taking advantage. Start talking playoffs. You haven't been able to talk about playoffs for 10 years. Start living it up now in February. I mean, if something horrible happens and it doesn't happen, well, at least you'll have had two and a half months of fun. So let's start enjoying <laughs> it. Let's start talking playoff hockey.
2: Well, let's face it. If the Oilers had been a perennial playoff team, fans would be calling in and saying, what do we have to do to make up the four points to win the division? and not what can go wrong for, for us to miss the playoffs. So that's, they're, only, they're four points behind San Jose for first in yeah. the division. Let's talk about how they make up that ground as opposed to who who may have a long shot of catching them. That's how I look at it anyway. Oilers win 6-3 tonight. McDavid three points. He leads the NHL in scoring. Uh, Dave is up next on the phone lines. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. <laughs>
0: This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Chad. Inside Philadelphia territory, cleared by Goodis. it got past Grima. racing in Voracek, reach shot denied. Tim Talbot, a huge save to keep Voracek scoreless in his last nine games, 13.46 to go, second period, and Talbot with a clutch stop. No doubt about it, that kept it
2: 2-1 for the Oilers. Shortly after that, they would score two goals in a minute 15 and go on to beat the Philadelphia Flyers 6-3. That was Talbot's save of the game for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at ArmorInsurance.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. We are up top, Roger's place. I I see uh, Garth Brooks down on the ice now setting up his stage.
3: Yeah, look at him. I, All look. by himself. That, well, he, that's how that's hard how, he works. That's how he saves, he can charge so cheap for the tickets because he does his own um, <laughs> concert uh, stage building. And Oh, look, there's Trish's out there helping too. Well, that's nice, his wife's there with him. Yeah, it's a family thing, just, yeah. just the two of them. 7804960063, mm-hmm. we'll
2: go to Dave on the line. Dave, thank you for calling. Hey, no problem. Last time
6: Garth was in town, I think that's when we made the playoff. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while for that too, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I've been listening to you guys for I think uh, since nineteen eighty three when I was in diapers with short and tensor, now you guys um I listened to the guy, Scott kind of took my thunder. He uh the guy mentioned how the rink is quiet. Yeah, no kidding. We've uh we've been through a lot for the last 20 years people are like oh the last 10 no man if you've been a true fan we had one run one true run and we've been waiting so long and we got so so lucky with McDavid and now we're watching this team yeah let's get excited but we are reserved because we've been beaten hard man so you sit there these these guys who buy the tickets they're not forty like us, or or whatever you are, but they're they're younger, right? So they're watching this team. Yeah, they're going to sit on their hands, you know?
2: Yeah, well, you know, and I always say that too when when people say whether it's Edmonton or somewhere else. Well, the building is quite. Well, I I always say it, it starts with the quality of the team, you know. That, that, and some maybe fan bases are known for being a little more boisterous than others. I mean, I know Chicago. in the NFL. I know. I know in the NFL, the S- Seattle has a reputation for being loud, and I've been to games in that stadium. I can also, though, remember when I was a kid in the 1980s when the Seahawks weren't very good. No one talked about the, the kingdom
3: being being that. Was that what the old one was? Yes, the kingdom. Yes. So why do yeah. you why do you look at the old guy sitting across from you when you ask about some history? lesson?
1: well, you have a good memory.
3: No, I have a horrible memory. Now you're lying.
2: But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't. Well, I can imagine it, but it's it's going to be a new level when you're in the playoffs. When every every bounce of the puck could change yeah. a series, every penalty could change a series, every body check could change the complexion of the whole series. So, yeah, I, I do think yeah. that when we get there, it's it's going to be pretty incredible.
6: I uh, like what Scott mentioned. He's like, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta make the playoffs. Yeah, you gotta marinate that place, right? Like in the '06 playoffs. Oh my God, that was amazing, right? So if we well, we should, like Rob, you're saying we should make it. I, I nothing that I've seen this year says that we shouldn't, except like the skid we had after that first start and everybody jumped off the wagon, right? But after that, we were we've been pretty damn good.
3: No, I mean the the Oilers where they sit in the standings proves that they're they're a top ten team in the National Hockey League. They are, I believe, the story of the NHL from where they've been for the last decade. The Oilers are the story.
6: And and lastly, um, Reed and Rob, for years I've been listening to you guys, and I appreciate it, and uh, this was my first time calling in, so it's kind of exciting, and
2: have a great night, guys. Yeah, well, we hope you can call again, Dave. We're always happy when when people call in for sure, 780-496-0063. The Oilers with 31 wins and 70 points matches their totals in those categories from all of last season, which is... Uh, an, an equal comment on this year and, and last year. Uh, in terms of points, they're actually tied for eighth. Montreal, Anaheim, and Edmonton all have 70, 70 points. Uh, when you do apply the tiebreakers, though, the Oilers are 10th. So e- either way, uh, they're in the top 10 in the NHL, three points ahead of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. And I think it's simply that, the matching your point total from an 82-game season in game 58 the following year. And we've talked about the adjustments that have led to that quite a bit over the last few weeks for sure. Um, The 6-3 is the final score tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Rob Potts' 22nd goal of the year. He he leads the team in goal scoring. That goal was scored. And we talked talked before the game, you don't want to give the Flyers a power play. Uh, the Oilers killed off the first two. They did get one, but we said if the, most of this game is played at even strength in long stretches, that should benefit the Oilers. That was actually a four-on-four four stretch mm-hmm. and a play the Oilers executed perfectly.
3: Uh, they did. It, the, you, you practice throughout the year. You practice a number of different face-off plays in different situations depending on who's on the ice with you, and, and that's simply what that was. They had a face-off play, and the play was to hit Dreisaitl going back door. Good play by Benning, putting it hard and on the ice for Drysdale. Settle. Drysdale settle did not have to move his stick, and still you need strength. Uh, Drysdale had good strength on the stick because if that stick opens up in the least, that puck flutters and goes into the corner. So good on him. Big goal at the time for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it was a game that I mean, there was a couple lapses at the beginning of periods where the Oilers weren't great, but it's a game that I think they needed to play. They were very disciplined. They went out and played five-on-five hockey. And if you look at the two lineups, the Edmonton Oilers stack up so much better than the Philadelphia Flyers 5-on-5. Five five. And the Oilers' better players were the better players. Their goalie was the better goalie. It was a good night for the Oilers.
2: All right, let's go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan.
6: In the buildup of the game, but nice to see the team stick to the script and pick up the two points. I'm sorry, if that Manning. No, this lots was made up in the lead up to the game, of course, but just nice to see the team, you know, stick to the script and pick up the two points. Yeah, I said it this morning when we had our media scrum
5: the game's the important part, and just play hockey and worry about the game, and that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the other stuff. Um, You know, we we scored goals tonight, which was great, but I didn't think we were uh, exceptionally sharp in a lot of the other areas of the game. So um, tonight our offense got us through it. And, um, you know, a week or ten days ago we really had a lack of offense that was was not there to get us through these kind of games. So we'll take that tonight, but we're uh, certainly going to need to improve if uh, we're going to beat our next opponent.
12: You talked earlier this week about Dugin Hopkins, Eberle, and Lucic, and if you could get those guys going, it would almost be like a trade deadline acquisition. The last few games, Eberle's had a lot of good chances. Even tonight, we saw him kind of getting back to having confidence and stick-handling around guys. Are you starting to see maybe signs that those three are coming back? Uh, yeah, I am, um,
5: you know, and, we're, and again, we're going to need them. Obviously, you have a score tonight, and uh, he was around the net a lot. Um, I thought he was, we just used the word feisty tonight. He was, uh, even when he wasn't near the net and wasn't playing offense, he was good along the boards. He uh, he had a grid element to his game. Nuge, a couple helpers. Uh, Luch had some chances. Um, you know, I got it, he got caught up a little bit with stick and feet, and, but he had some opportunities. So, um, you know, offensively, we had... Uh, plenty
12: it was some other areas of the game we needed to improve in speaking of offense oscar clefbaum just continues to give you a lot more offense from the back end he's up i think top seven when it comes to goals from defensemen still a young guy only 160 some games in his career where do you see his offensive potential being I think it's quite
5: high. He hasn't reached his ceiling yet, as you mentioned, 100 and however many games. Um, he's still a very young defenseman that's learning how and when to do things on the ice. Um, I believe he's defending better. Um, you know, remember last year at this time when he was going through. He had he got his hopes up high, and then they dwindled uh hopes up high again then he was shut down for the year so he's had to overcome a lot mentally and find his game again um i think he's a tremendous player that we're gonna be happy with for many years
12: you talk about you weren't happy maybe with defensive zone is it just the execution was it the focus Uh, i saw a few obviously just kind of giveaways where you had the puck and just toss it away
5: I wasn't overly pleased with our neutral zone. I thought they came through the neutral zone and forced us to play in our end um, a lot. And then um, when we did defend well, we got the puck and we seemed just to give it back to them. I don't know what we ended up with giveaways. It had to be in the 20s at least, which was a high number. Um, a lot of times we had it. We gave it right back to them and started over again. So we got some uh, you know, some extra time in our zone. Uh, we didn't break out clean enough. Um, so will give us a focus tomorrow in practice.
12: And... Um, obviously have to get better as we move forward and you start the trip in Chicago they're coming off that five-day break which for most teams around the league have struggled in that first game how do you take advantage of it on Saturday
5: well let's hope that theory uh,
12: continues
5: Um, you know we've got to get our I'm not going to worry about or we're not going to worry about what Chicago will be or won't be because we've got to show them the utmost respect um they will be we have to assume they'll be as sharp as they possibly will uh or have been all year they'll be rested their goaltender will be ready to go they're playing at home uh that's what we have to prepare for if we get anything different then great but uh obviously we weren't very good last time we played against them we've had one good night one poor night against them we'd like to to finish the season series on a positive note
1: Apart from the pretext to this game, did you get a sense that Connor has some kind of sense for the occasion again here tonight? Um, you know, a big um, Rosby preceded him earlier in the evening.
5: It's becoming routine for him, and I think the more we're around him, the more numb we we uh, we come to those uh, performances as just expected. We we'll probably talk about um, his. Lack of production performance is more now than we will about the three-point nights because they, they just happen. Uh, but I thought he rose to the occasion. I thought, uh, again, Ebb's played well. Patty Maroon had a pretty good game around him. So that line stepped up and and uh, provided us a good game.
2: Well, he, here's the thing, too. with uh, the Oilers it, it came out of the, the break and wanted to get back to trying to score a little bit more, and Matt Hendricks said it well. You know, we're not going to the net because we're not putting the puck there. You have to go hand-in-hand. Hand. If a guy looks up, and sees no traffic or nobody to pass to in front. He's, he's probably not as inclined to to look for it. Well, what happened on, on some of the goals today? We mentioned the four-on-four four goal. Dreisaitl goes to the net. Uh, Benning puts it there. Eberle was The Eberle goal was created after a long session of forechecking, and he got a rebound and lifted it in. Nugent Hopkins... I don't even think Nuge was sure he scored, but he's standing right in front of the goaltender. Hits the defenseman's leg, hits his leg, and goes in. Then the Bomb goal was a long shot, but there was a traffic around the net, and it was after a long session of forechecking. The, the final goal, the McDavid goal, was off the rush. Uh, the first goal, the Hendricks goal, was one I'm sure Neuvert wants back. But, uh, but I mean, they, they set a goal of of get yourself... To the front of the net, and that led to a couple of the goals. That y- y- you know, I know you don't like when I call them garbage goals. the 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 less the less poetic goals,
3: shall we say, Rob. Well, uh, the the hard worked, hard working goals. The the goals that you earn. I've said it before. I was talking with Drew Ramond at one point. I said, uh, goal scoring has to hurt in the National Hockey League because if you if you're paying the price in front of the net to score a goal, then it was well worth it. Uh, the Oilers at times in the past have been a perimeter hockey club. And I think that those perimeter teams will have, you know, every once in a while they'll have that big game where they, they, they score seven, where the goal, the goalie has an off night and everything seems to go in for you. But over the course of a season, a perimeter team is not going to have a lot of success. And we saw that for, for a decade. So what the Oilers do? They went out and got guys that go to the net, that make their living in front of Lucic, Cassian, a Maroon. Those guys go to the net. Uh, the, you look at their fourth line, the Pacorin and Letestu, Hendricks, guys that score all the goals, all the goals that those guys score, especially 5-on-5, five five, are rate are right in around the area. And if everyone else is going to the net, the players who have been perimeter players before see the success that they're having, now they get drawn to the net. And for the Oilers to be successful, A, it's to make the playoffs, but B, to, to continue on that, is you're going to have to go through Anaheim, you're going to have to go through San Jose. Those are big hockey clubs. They are big teams that are physical. They're battle ready for playoffs, and they know how to. Uh, they know what it takes to score in the come playoff time. They know how to win a one nothing game. They know how to, to to wear you down. And the others have got to be able to bringing their game to that level, and they're seeing it this season because a number of their games have been one-goal games. They've been games they've been up or down going by one going into the third. They've found ways to win those hockey games by playing big, heavy type of hockey, something the Oilers haven't done in a decade. Seven eight
2: zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers improved to 31-19-8 on the season.
8: We'll say good evening to Rocket. Hey, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. I, um just wanted to 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 uh talk about um I lost my train of thought here sorry boys um i just wanted to talk about uh the uh depth in the scoring and how that's going to translate into the playoffs like this team has played in a lot of close games and in and, 2-1 and games and 3-2 games where they've had one-line scoring and 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 you see the results in a in a game like today against philadelphia even though they they played back-to-back you had like the henricks line scoring and all four lines scoring and and what that translates to at the end of the game and in, in terms of the scoreboard you know you're, you're putting up six on the board instead of two or three so uh moving forward i i hope uh like eberle and nugent hopkins can be kind of like the sleepers in all of this and and Really have like a a solid uh, end of the year and and maybe uh, realize what kind of meaningful games that they're actually playing in right now.
3: Well, I, I think they do. I I don't think they came into the season to have the off seasons that they are they're having. I think a bunch of different things have happened. All of a sudden, not being the go to guys, bad puck luck. I mean, there was a stretch where Jordan Eberle was was playing well. And he was hitting posts, he was going over the open nets, goalies were making huge saves on him, and then the confidence starts to wane. If Eberle and Nugent Hopkins get to where they can be, and that's the thing, they don't have to be better than they've been in the past. They just have to be where they were before. If they get there, that makes this team a better hockey club because they are not the main ingredients. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the team's third-line center. Now they can put him up and, and move Drysdale to the wing, but if you're looking at depth, he's their third line center. And this is a guy that's been the first line center here for a few years. So they are capable of doing better than they've shown. Hopefully tonight is a, uh, m- maybe a bounce for the rest of the season for them and they can get going where they need to be. And if they can, and you've got Drysdale and McDavid who have been consistent all season long, all of a sudden the Oilers are a team that you're gonna fear if you play in the first round, because they got great goaltending, and they've got players that are capable of putting the puck in the net.
2: Thanks, Rocket. Good to hear from you. 780-496-0063. Nugent Hopkins and Eberle each with a goal and an assist tonight. Connor McDavid finishes with a goal and two assists as the Oilers take down the Philadelphia Flyers' 6 Three. You'll hear from their head coach, Dave Haxtall. When we get back, it's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. from the A 6-3 Prime's win for broadcast. the Oilers over the Philadelphia Flyers. They let it 2 nothing after the first 5-2 two after 2. Edmonton going 2-1 and one on its three-game homestand. The coach of the Flyers, Dave Haxtall, for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
9: Dave, would you... Um I'm start. What do you think of how Brandon Manning handled himself tonight?
2: Well, as you'd expect, he's
11: I mean, he's first class, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, competitor and old school, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, old school mentality. You know, there's nobody better than Brandon in that uh, in that regard. Is this
10: necessarily fair, or is this just how hockey works sometimes? Uh, the treatment he got tonight—he was public enemy number one, whether he deserved it or not.
11: Well, that's hey. Um, that's that's hockey. You know, like I said, we we know who Brandon Manning is, and anybody that spent any time around him um, knows that. Uh, you know, in terms of, uh, like I said, the honor of the game. There's nobody that's uh, you know in front of the line and you know before him. He's uh, he's first class, and you know what? He went on battled hard, played a heck of a game tonight, and did everything that uh, that he needed to do. How much of a factor was it we I mean,
9: reduced the 10 fours there I mean yeah it's
11: you, it's a, definitely it's a factor um, you know and that's the risk you know I made the decision to go with seven defensemen and, and 11 forwards tonight and um, you know the one risk that you run is uh, is exactly what happened tonight you know we lost uh, we lost Jordan in the in the second half of the first period um, and you know that that puts our forwards you know in a uh, in a hard situation they you know they they battled awful hard through it what did you do if you wanted to get uh, dealt se- out of some work? Se- several reasons um, you know I felt like a, I felt like we you know we had a lot of uh, a lot of energy up front I wasn't concerned you know about our group up front um, wanted to make sure that uh, uh, coming into uh, you know a game that I thought you know there'd be a fair bit of speed in this game just to make sure that we had good energy on the back end uh, and, and allow us an opportunity also to to get uh, DZ back in the lineup after uh, you know about three weeks here
1: you talk about
11: the change on the power play. Yeah, we just wanted to change it up uh, a little bit with a couple different looks. We, you know, we, uh, um, you know, we had a couple setups that we liked for both units, um, you know. And uh, obviously, that, you know, that that changed with uh, also with Wheeler going out of the game. Um, but uh, you know, in the third period, you know, when we come to a critical situation. We wanted to go back to. Obviously, a very familiar group. They went out and they got the job done. They made a, you know, made a heck of a play and, uh, you know, put us put us right there uh, with, uh, with you know, with enough time left in this game.
2: Dave Haxtell is the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Scott Johnson,
3: former teammate, teammate of mine. Where? I believe I was with the India, Indianapolis Ice. I think that's where I played with them. Oh, I can't wow. remember, but great guy, really, really good guy. Coach at uh, North
2: Dakota, so mm-hmm. he coached uh, Drake Cajula. Obviously, and uh, the Oilers beat Haxtell's team 6 3 tonight. The three stars McDavid, Hendricks, and Griba And as Rob and I mentioned earlier, a, a lot of choices. Uh, Everly had two points, Hendricks had two points, Nugent Hopkins, two points, McDavid, three. The shots were 36 25 for Philly in the end. Camp Talbot gets the win, making 33 saves. All right, here's the road trip for the Oilers Chicago, Tampa, Florida,
3: Washington, Nashville and St. Louis. it It's not an easy road trip, and I know that Bob and Jack talked about Florida. That's where you can pick up a couple points. Uh, it, it's tough, and it starts off with a tough win in Chicago, but I can tell you, if they're able to go into Chicago and win a hockey game there, that will just do incredible things for their confidence for the remainder of this road trip. So uh, you don't want to look past that. It's going to be an exciting game. I think the Oilers are playing very well right now. The Chicago Blackhawks are the class and have been the class of this league for a number of years. Uh, now we're getting into a, the Oilers have played a lot of games in late February, March in the last few years. None of them have mattered. Now the Oilers are playing important games at an important time of the year. It'll be interesting to see how they react to them.
2: Yeah, six games left in February for the Oilers. So far this month they're three and three. So if they can, uh, you know, get up to six wins in a month with a lot of road games that position themselves well going into March where they play it's just a crazy schedule. They play only two road games in all of March. They have an eight-game homestand, two away, and then three more at home. Oh, it's
3: funny. You know, we're looking at the calendar right now. All the red, and that's for a home home game for us. Or orange, I got bad eyes. But the only two away games are back-to-back games on the road. That's right. In Anaheim
2: and in Colorado. Yeah, a month away, March 22nd, 23rd. All right, so, yeah, the next game in Chicago, 3.30 face-off show on Saturday They'll drop the puck at five. Of course, we have it for you on 630 Chet. Rob, I'll see you then. Looking forward to it. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. You can get more on this game and on the Oilers on 630chet.com. More on the Eskimos there as well. They made a couple of more free agent signings today. Your advantage trailer, Rittles, scoreboard. Coyotes over the Kings, 5-3. Islanders beat the Rangers, 4-2. Senators shut out the Devils, 3-0. Penguins beat the Jets, 4-3 in overtime. Sabres, 2. Avalanche, nothing. Blues edge the Canucks, 4-3. Wild beat the Stars, 3-1. And here at Rogers Place, Oilers over the Flyers, 6-3. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.